0: going to be a great weekend for soccer kicking it off on friday you got the national team champions league on saturday women's world cup that leading up to the u.s woman on monday very exciting time to be an american soccer fan this is the sbi show i am garrett cleverly with me as always is ivis gularis up let's crack it man
1: nothing much man it's a crazy crazy time of year there are games seemingly every day and at all hours of the day my sleep schedule is completely in the crapper I don't even. I'm taking uh, my 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 routine is consisting of three hour naps a couple of times a day. That that's it. There's no actual sleep. It's just naps. So that's how crazy how things are now.
0: This is the earliest show I think we've ever recorded for you. I can hear birds in the background chirping. It is early on the east coast. It is,
1: it is five seventeen a.m uh and i'm probably gonna be up till like 11 a.m uh and then hopefully i'll get a nap in before this u.s uh, netherlands game uh but yeah man it's great it's that it's that time of year man it's just mm. so much going on you don't want to sleep you feel like you're gonna miss something and there's just so and then you throw in the fifa stuff too i mean it's like holy crap as if it wasn't already busy then you just pour on the fifa nonsense and it's just like this big, just pot. It's like a buffet of soccer sh- action.
0: Oh, so much to talk about. Well, I mean, I, I can't even think to my. I've, I've been trying to think the last couple of days, like, what am I just, like, looking forward to the most? Like, what game can, like, do I really want to watch? And I, I can't put. I, I like there's so many games I have. It's difficult, especially with the U twenties national team, the world women's world cup. And then the champions league. I mean, it's so many awesome events and so many awesome games in, in such a short amount of time. It's it, the schedule has been awesome the last two weeks and it's going to continue to be awesome for the next two weeks.
1: No, I absolutely. I mean, if you got I tell you what, if you have some sick days, that you, can, you can afford, you want to use, this might be the time to do it. Uh, just so you can, uh, you know, watch the soccer action there's uh i mean think about think about this month right so there's u.s friendlies mm. under 20 world cup uh the toulon tournament is wrapping up on uh, this weekend but you had that uh copa america um it, it just you name it it's going on this month it's crazy and and, and then and then oh and mls by the way MLS. yes so there's there's everything so it's great so great month
0: all right, well, Ivis, on Friday, which is in just a few hours, the U.S. men's national team will be taking on the Netherlands. Great opportunity for this team. Great opportunity uh, for younger players. And, and Ivis, I mean, the, the guys are going to have to come out very early, weather the storm against the Netherlands, you know, play aggressive for 90 minutes, not hold back. It's going to be a great opportunity for a lot of these guys, Ivis, to, to impress You're going to also impress some European clubs. It's, it's going to be good to watch.
1: Right. I mean, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, who he goes with? Who Klinsman goes with? He's got he's got a lot of decisions to make on lineups. Uh, specific. First off, he has to figure out what he wants to do system wise. Uh, obviously, we've seen four four two in the past. We've seen four three three. Uh, we've seen a little four two three one. Um, so now it's going to come down to what Klinsman feels comfortable with given the personnel that he has. I've personally been been projecting a four two three one. I don't know if we'll see a four four two just because you know you don't have Altidore, you don't have Dempsey, and, and I'm not sure he's ready to go with it. Aaron Johansson, Juana, uh, Juan Juan Agudelo. Uh, forward tandem uh you know i think we'll see a four two three one setup maybe we'll see agudelo out wide uh that's a possibility mm-hmm. or or jossie's artists out wide uh but i think we're gonna see four two three one i think we'll see those three in the middle of uh, michael bradley with some combination of beckerman uh danny williams alfredo morales or Discarude, uh two of those th- four uh behind bradley uh and then on the left wing you could you could have uh fabian johnson you could even have Miguel Ibarra, who I, I think I know he didn't, didn't do a thing in, in the March friendlies, but. Um, you know, maybe Clintonsman gives him his shot and see how he handles himself against top-level competition. Well, you mentioned Juan I and we've seen him
0: thrive with New England Revolution on that left side. Um, you, obviously, you didn't touch on the defense. When, when you look at the defense, the outside backs, right back and left back, you have that pretty much locked down. You know what you're going to expect out of DeAndre Yedlin or Breck Shea or Timmy Chandler. The biggest question mark is going to be the center back, and it's going to be who are you going to have out there. Effort to the opportunity to possibly have John Brooks, uh, ventura alvarado michael orozco um out of these three guys who do you see getting the start against the netherlands
1: well i think it depends what how you look at the two ma- it, it, it depends on these two matches right i mean the netherlands germany uh if you're a klinsman and you're looking at these two matches and you say to yourself okay look germany's a tougher opponent uh i want to have my best lineup uh, for that match and then from then from there build into this Dutch uh this Netherlands match uh, put some guys in who you know I really need to see tested and and for that reason I think we could see Ventura Alvarado, Ventura Alvarado get the start I think John Brooks is going to start both these matches regardless I think uh Klinsman needs to see him he want uh, it, be kind of a leader in the back he he wants to groom him to take over that position I think if he can have if, if it were up to Klinsman he'd have Brooks force Matt Beazler out uh, another person against Beazler but he hasn't been in great form Brooks is younger He's playing in the Bundesliga, uh, so if you're a Klinsmann, you want Brooks to develop. And obviously, aside from the World Cup, and he did, you know, he did great at the World Cup. But after that, uh, and even before that, Brooks hasn't necessarily impressed. So with the U.S., mm-hmm. so so this is a, this is a great chance for him. But I think Alvarado for the Netherlands game, and then I think Orozco, uh, who's shown well with the U.S. and who's coming off a good year, I, th- I think in Puebla. I think you see him get a chance against the Germans. So No chance of a. Uh, Brad Evans, at center back. No, no. And look, <laughs> by the way, you kind of just glossed over the fullbacks. I don't think the fullbacks uh, – Well, I'm are, sorry. It, oh, not it, I'm not trying to
0: gloss over it. I'm, well, I'm it's saying it's the center that. backs if are the more the question.
1: You don't know what you get with these guys because you said you know, you know what you get. No, you don't know what you get with a Breck Shea against a high-level competition, and I think you need to see that. So I think uh, seeing how he matches up, especially these teams – who have really good wingers. I know I know Arjen Robin isn't isn't available for the Netherlands, but they still have Memphis Depay, who obviously just signed with Man United. He is a terror. Whether he lines up on the right wing or the left wing, he's going to be a handful for somebody. And Timmy Chandler, as well as he's done in, in Germany, he obviously had a good season at, at Eintracht Frankfurt, Started was a regular starter there. With the U.S., he hasn't shown well. He hasn't made the most of his opportunities. And I think if it were up to Klinsman, he'd have Chandler be his guy. But he, but Chandler has to show it. Chandler has to show that he's worth that that spot. And I think Chandler gets not over Yellen just because look, Chandler's coming off a season where he played regularly. John Yellen has not played hard; he's hardly played at all. So I think if you're going to play against these kind, this level of opposition, you want to give the start to the guy who's been playing at a high level.
0: Yeah, and it looks like a lock for Brad Guzan in goal, correct? That's
1: that. Yeah, that's gonna. Uh,
0: one other thing we we didn't touch on because it actually happened this week is that Jurgen Klinsmann has brought in Jordan Morris. What would you make of this?
1: ah just numbers i mean he showed well at the toulon tournament and now mind you now uh we're gonna touch on it a little bit later but the the u23s it looked like they were dead in the water at the toulon tournament but thanks to france with a big blowout win in the last uh last round the u.s have backed their way into the third place match which means one more chance for the u.s so which, which I mean, is amazing
0: that the, U, <laughs> the u23s
1: advanced well i mean look hey they yeah i mean a little bit but um you, it's a, it's a good chance for them. They could end up playing Mexico, which is crazy enough. Mexico, they could play England. Um, so if you're if you're clinsman you brought Jordan Morris in, but now that the 23s have a game again, you're gonna go send him back to France. I mean, I think I think having him start against a team like Mexico or or, uh, or England uh, in the in that third place match will serve him more. So I mean, maybe he'll make an appearance in this game on Friday, but uh, but I think I think uh, the more important thing will be to, to get him back to. Toulon and get them back with the U
0: twenty threes. Well, I was, I need a prediction. What do you think is going to go down?
1: Um, you, you know, it's funny. This is the kind of game that the U.S. should not win. But Klinsmann has had these games before where you you just don't see how they're going to win. They're overmatched. When you look at the Dutch team, I mean, they're stacked. I mean, even though they're missing a couple guys, they're still uh, pretty loaded. Van Persie, Jean Huntelaar, Dali Blind, Memphis Depay. They, I mean, they have a ton of ton of their top guys, and, and they're going to be handful. They're going to be at home. Uh, they, the Dutch always give the U.S. problems. So I'm going to, I'm going to go the Netherlands, but uh, I think the U.S. Will, will be surprisingly competitive given the fact there's so many new faces. I think they'll show well. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I mean, could it be a blowout? Absolutely. But I think they show well in this game and I think it's like a two to one dutch win
0: well yeah i might and and i'm the same way where I, I think the netherlands will win two to one i think Andrew hansen will score the opening goal and the u.s will let two goals but the thing i, I want to watch for most Ives, is if the team can play full 90 minutes let's say if the team does get up a goal i want to see them be aggressive i want to see them attack so many times we see this team recede or play conservatively i would like to see 90 minutes of fast-paced action i mean to me the result doesn't matter if we lose two to one I get it. Three to one. I mean, this is a tough game. But you want to see those improvements from this team. You want to see players that are hungry because, I mean, let's face it, the Gold Cup starts in a month, and some of these guys are playing for an opportunity to be on that roster.
1: Absolutely. Look, they're, they're, some of these guys, if they don't show well, they're not going to be on the Gold Cup team. I mean, there, there's a few got A guy like Miguel Ibarra, uh, if he gets his chance, he has to take it because as much as Klinsman likes him and, and, and has brought him along... Uh, I think now is his chance to show something because I mean, earlier in the year, obviously when you're talking about the, the, the friendlies in, in, in January, February, uh, you know, he was out of season, uh, as were some of the other guys, but he was out of season and then he really didn't get his chance in the March friendlies. Now he's in full swing in NASL. He's playing, he should be match fit. Um, there's no excuses now. So if he gets his opportunity and he struggles and then you're cleansing, you're kind of like, okay, look, I gave him a shot. He didn't, he couldn't really, he, you know, he didn't really happen for him. Uh, then he, he, I don't see him making the Gold Cup team. I mean, I think there's a lot of tough decisions to make on that squad. I don't see him making it. Um, as far as some of these other guys, I mean, and Alfredo Morales. When you look at the numbers in in defense in the central midfield, uh, it's tough. It's tough. With this, you got Disgruiter Beckerman, uh, obviously Bradley uh, Morales. There, there's so many. There's so many guys that they're not all going to make the Gold Cup team. So Benny Philhar. Yeah, well, <laughs> Klinsman, Klinsman does not know that name. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, Perry Kitchen. I mean, Perry Kitchen, someone else to consider as well. So uh, an Alfredo Morales, uh, Danny Williams, they have a really good, they have really good chances to boost their stock.
0: And right before we get into the U-20s performance and their final match at the uh, group stages in the uh, U-20 World Cup, Ivis, we mentioned this on the last show, uh, SoccerLoco.com is our new sponsor. And uh, the pretty cool thing about them coming on board is you get 10% off your entire purchase. So uh, if you're an SBI fan, 10% off your purchase at SoccerLoco.com. It's pretty awesome, Ivis.
1: No, that's good, man. I, I recommend everyone go to their site and uh check it out do you need do you need cleats you need jerseys uh as i said on the last episode I, I still haven't had a chance i have to check out their selection of jerseys uh, cuz my kids are already outgrowing the jerseys they already have i think i got to get a couple of new peru jerseys i think it's I, I think i might be ready to break out uh break out the, break the bank a little for for a, a us jersey for my 7 year old he does not have one uh, my oldest son ha- has one, but my, I got to get. I also have to get one for my little guy. Do
0: you get a plain one for your kids, or do you get like? A, do they want like a player's name on the back?
1: Um, I don't know. Neither one of them really has a favorite U.S. player at the moment. Um, so I, I mean, if anything, I'll just get their names. They just get, but gal- just Golarsip on the back. So when I take them to a game, people are like, oh yeah, those drives, as kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they'll know. See, I learned my lesson. On, I learned my lesson on the names on the backs, because initially I would put their first names. But then it's like, well, if you do the last name, then once your big, the, the my bigger son, my older son, outgrows his jersey, then it just transfers over to the little guy once the little guy's big enough. See, that's how you, that's how you got to play it. That's so, smart, dude. When, once you have your once, once your kids start, once you start cranking out the kids, you'll pick up on these little tricks.
0: Yeah, maybe I see. I need to have you write down bullet notes. That's what you should be doing for me to prepare me for it.
1: I, I'll, I'll hook it. I'll hook it up, man. I'll prepare Excuse you a <laughs> uh, uh, life as a dad little. Uh, a little cheat sheet for
0: you. scary thought I was uh quickly as we just said remember soccerloco.com it's 10% off your entire purchase and they got Nike Adidas Puma I mean all the brands that you need cleats jerseys all that remember soccerloco.com 10% off Ivis, uh days did you after- give him the, did you give him the code oh yes oh no i did not i'm sorry remember enter the code sbi 10 <laughs> it's sbi yes, 10 soccerloco.com right.
1: before you forget that's the key part so you got you know you, you make sure you go to sakaloko use the code SBI10 that way you get the hook up and that way also sakaloko knows the how how powerful the SBI army is yes
0: i thought wait is it SBI i thought it was SBI mafia
1: i don't know man I, I i mean it's always been SBI mafia but there's people who you know in this PC world like mafia has negative connotation so we might have to switch it up i'll, I'll come up with a new name for it. Hmm, i don't know stick with mafia stick, stick with mafia all right yeah. we'll be the, we'll be the
0: SBI mafia yeah SBI mafia all right ivis days after uh, we were talking high praise for the U-20s and their 4-0 defeat over New Zealand um, on Monday, I'm sorry on Thursday night, they went out, played Ukraine, lost 3-0. to Ukraine scored all three goals in the second half. The U-20s attack was non-existent. The team looked an entire step behind the entire match. They still advanced out of the group stage, but kind of a little bit of a letdown going into this match when the U.S. already knew they were moving on. Maybe they didn't have to push as hard, but still, to give up three goals in the second half to Ukraine leaves a little bit of a bitter taste in your mouth.
1: It was an ugly loss, no question about it. And I can already get a sense that some people want to press the panic button, and are freaking out about it. And what, what I'd say is this: Look, it, it wasn't a pretty game at all. Uh, but a couple of things were at play here, right? You had a team that had already booked their place in the round of sixteen. Uh, the the coach obviously, you know, Tab Ramos, he, he 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 sat some players, uh, a couple of who were on cards, and he also wanted to rest mm-hmm. his leading striker. Rubio Rubin to give him a rest going into the round of 16. And and you do that for a reason, right? I mean, the the way these matches are all bunched up, you want to make sure you're not wearing your kids out, uh, your players out. When you have the luxury of resting them, you do it. And I think he chose to do that. And it's up to the next the, the group of players you put in, it's up to them to 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 take advantage of their opportunity. And they didn't do that. And as a team, they just were they came into this match way too comfortable uh and there was no sense of urgency it's like they kind of just strolled into this game like ah we're good we're in the round of 16 we'll get a tie we'll be fine and they were playing a ukraine team that came into this match with complete sense of urgency they attacked the u.s from the beginning uh they beat up the u.s all over the field they were a very physical team tenacious uh they just they just really put the pressure on the u.s and uh, it's funny because I, I got in a little bit of a debate with – some not really a debate, but someone uh, on Twitter kept mentioning that he thought that, that Ukraine outclassed the, the Americans. And, and I, no. I disagree. It, just, it wasn't about class. It was about the outworking them, out-hustling them. Yes. And the U.S. paying the price for coming into this match way too laxed, way too comfortable. And once the, once, – first of all, it was 0-0 at halftime. It's easy to forget that, right? Um, but – when it came time for them to have to flip a switch, they could not flip a switch mm-hmm. um, because they, they just they just were too lax in the first half. And the U- and Ukraine, to their credit, they kept the pressure on from the beginning into the second half, and eventually they broke the U.S. down.
0: Yeah, I agree. The U.S. in no way was outclassed. I mean, the the ideas were there from the U.S. They, I mean, in the first half they had a game plan. They held everything back. They played that game. They played they play the way T- T- Romans wanted to play. They didn't give up any goals and. And, and they and you saw the pass you saw lanes you saw what the u-20s were trying to do and for the most part it just seems like they were a step behind I mean a couple breaks go their way things change you hit that penalty I and mean, if everson Hyman hits that penalty in the second half which let's start it off that was not a penalty extremely soft call oh man but your
1: boy Jordan Allen with the dive he's first okay first
0: off, he's not he's not he's actually not my boy and number two he didn't dive he got touched but I mean it was a soft penalty what? regardless that
1: was the biggest time now okay look before that play the referee i thought had a complete phantom call that set up the ukraine's uh free kick for their first goal now that's obviously unfortunate i'm not gonna sit here and say the referee cost the u.s this game or that it was his fault even though he was terrible let's get that out of the way he was absolutely atrocious as a referee horrible having said that what cost them the the u.s this game was just the ukraine in the second half they kept pressing they kept pushing Mm -hmm. and the u.s they couldn't get out of neutral. And when you come into a match in neutral and you go up against another team that has their foot on the gas, you are going to lose eventually, even even if it was an even first half. The second half, it was just – they just were flat and they couldn't get it going. And then the Ukraine, once they kind of got that confidence, they got, once they got that goal under their belt, it just opened up the U.S. and, and they just tore, they tore them to shreds. Now, before anyone gets too crazy about it, I mean I, I still think it should be noted that – it's a, it, it could end up being a positive for the U.S. It's a negative, obviously, because they didn't win the group. And they, they would have had a much easier route in the knockout rounds. That needs to be said. They cost themselves a chance to go through a much easier road. Round of 16, quarterfinals, getting all the way to the semifinals, uh, much easier road. Now they have to go through a tougher road. Um, but having said that maybe this is the lesson this team needed to have because they went up against a team that pushed them and and attacked them and went after them and and really um just showed more toughness and, and and I think this. us team you know there's there's gonna be a little question about the toughness of this team and we're gonna see now how they respond how they do in the round of 16 they're gonna be playing a good team it's either gonna be for, for, from what it seems, it's going to be the Portugal or Colombia. One, Either one of those teams they play is going to be a, 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 real, a real handful. So uh, I, I'm not ready to write off this U.S. team. I think it, it hopefully will be a lesson that they needed. But once they get Rubin back in the lineup, once they get Miasca, DeSavio Payne back in their defense, I think we'll see a better team. But guys like Heinemann, uh, Zelalem. Uh, they they just you know what they they didn't play with that urgency that they showed earlier in the tournament no they
0: didn't and also the uh, the defense the back line just miscommunications all all night long and, and were sloppy I mean that did not help uh, uh, uh. Uh, Shaquille Moore, I, th- I mean, he just had he got banged up throughout the entire match. Too. I well, mean, he it, seemed to be on his back almost like every five minutes.
1: Well, he's, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's to be fair, this Moore, you know, he showed he has shown some things in the past qualifying and everything, but he has not played consistently on the club level. I mean, he didn't have a club until recently, right? So uh, I think I think that you, you kind of that ex- was exposed a bit in this match. Um, I think once you get a guy like DeSavio Payne back in that lineup, I think it'll make the world a difference. I think Miaska and Carter Vickers have an understanding, uh, and they, they I think they just play better together. I, I didn't think Eric Palmer Brown has, uh, really had a good game, um, so I, again, I think this 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 will be a learning learning experience for this team, and we'll see how they respond because the next match is what's going to matter. Because no one is going to care about this loss in the Ukraine if they take care of business and go on a run. Because let's not forget now. 2002 World Cup, the World Cup that U.S. fans always hang their hat on, because the U.S. team got all the way to the quarterfinals. Let's not forget, group stage, they laid an egg against against Poland, got absolutely battered against Poland, and what happened? They end up still getting into the knockout rounds, and they regrouped and they and they and they showed what they can do in the knockout rounds. And, and now it's time for this team to do just that. And the reason, that, and it's interesting, and I didn't even bring it up because of this, but the, when I think about it, what's interesting when when you mention that 2002 team. Who was on that 2002 team? Brad Friedel and Landon Donovan, both coaches with the U-20s right now. And I'm sure they will send that same message that, listen, we had the same thing happen to us. We laid an egg against Poland, and we it didn't end up costing us, but it woke us up, and we went on a run and had a great uh, knockout round. So now it's time for these guys to do the same.
0: In that round of 16 game for the U.S. will be played on June 10th, as Iva said. The runner-up of Group C, be Portugal or columbia june 10th round of 16 well, as we mentioned it a little bit earlier, the U.S. U23s have advanced to third-place match in the Toulon tournament. They looked dead in the water until the final day where, thank you, France, they went out and smoked the Netherlands 4-0. to zero. Uh, U.S. then shot up the standings in advance based off goal differential. So for the U23s, Ivis, uh, they wrap up the group stage with two wins, two losses. They're in the third-place game, opportunity for them to play another match uh, against, as you mentioned, Mexico or England, possibly Morocco. Too. Um, but but how did you assess the overall play from the U23s in the group stage
1: uh i mean okay let's see the qatar match you know they they were better than them but did they ne- did they shine not really i mean i think julian green showed well uh i think he he he's you know he really imposed himself on that match and and it was good to see because he's a guy who obviously hasn't had the best run uh, aside from the gold in the world cup He hasn't shown a whole lot in the U.S. uniform, Uh, but obviously the Netherlands game and now this game, that's two, two, you know, two matches where for me he really stood out. Um, But the Costa Rica match was not a good match for them. Costa Rica was the better team. They won. They didn't just win. They outplayed the U.S. I mean, for me, there's no other way to say it. Uh, They obviously had the great win against the Netherlands, and they just absolutely laid laid an egg against the uh, the French. Now, look, this France team, obviously, we see now. It's just just a monster. It's just a juggernaut. Um, so you know what? It's it, it takes it puts that that opening blowout into a little bit different perspective because then you look at it and you say, hey, look, France is just that good. So it's not as painful as it was when it when it first happened. But uh, this third place match will really ultimately d- determine what what the overall sense is about this this tournament performance because if they go up against the Mexico or in England, play well, win. Then you have to feel good about the tournament overall. You beat the you beat the Dutch, mm-hmm. and then you will have beaten either England or Mexico. I mean, yeah, I know Morocco could get there. I don't think they will. But if you if you beat a Mexico or an England in the in the in the consolation match, you're feeling pretty good. And and as much as you don't like the fact that you lost to a Concacaf team uh, in Costa Rica, if you turn around and then you beat a Mexico, then then it, it kind of re it re uh, restores some faith. Heading into the uh, the Olympic qualifying tournament,
0: when you look at the roster as a whole, uh, I mean, who's managed to kind of help their stock the most going forward? Where maybe an opportunity for them to play uh, with this, you know, with the senior team
1: at the Gold Cup. I mean,
0: other than Jordan Morris, who who looks pretty good throughout the tournament. I mean, did anyone else really stand out to you?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, I, I I don't see any of these guys coming close to the to the Gold Cup. I mean, really. I mean, I know Jordan Morris has an outside chance. I still am not sold on that being a possibility, just because. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's 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 talented. He, he's still raw. I mean, he showed some great stuff at Toulon tournament, but he you want him for Olympic qualifying? Uh, when you're at the Gold Cup, you know you need everyone to 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 kind of be have some kind of experience at that level. And it's and I don't know how I don't know if you can necessarily sacrifice a roster spot for a young player who hasn't played at that level. Um, I mean, I know there's there's the idea that maybe Gideon Zelen will be a, that kind of player. Or even an Emerson Hyndman. But I don't know. Out of this U23 group at the Toulon tournament, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if any of them are going to be on the Gold Cup. I don't think – for me, Julian Green, I don't think he'll be on the Gold Cup team. And I think I think uh, Morris is kind of an outside chance. I mean if anything, you're asking yourself how many of these guys are actually going to be on the Olympic qualifying team. I mean forget Gold Cup. Let's talk about Olympic qualifying uh, because not all those guys played well enough to necessarily be on the Olympic qualifying team down the road. Uh, you know, Jerome Kieswetter, I mean he 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 looked good. Uh, I thought Fataahashi and his chances he looked good. Uh, Morris, obviously, Julian greed had some good games. um but other than that though, I mean, I don't know who did you like who 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 didn't I name that you thought actually uh, showed well? I mean no one. I thought
0: Jordan Morris was above everyone else, and then. You had moments of Julian Green looking good, looking like a player. Then you had moments of him, just kind of, you know, you're scratching your head going, "Okay, are you the type you're like he's a, he's confused me so far as a player?" Still, I mean, but other than Jordan Morris, to me, look, I look at this roster, I see you got some guys who who play in USL that I've seen that I know just aren't the greatest players, so. I mean, this this roster is just it's it's not it's not an impressive
1: roster. That's just that's just the reality. But again, this. yeah, but again, this isn't the Olympic qualifying exactly, squad. Exactly, that's what I'm
0: saying. That's why to me it's you're, it's, you're it's have Jordan have, Morris so, on top and everyone else.
1: There, there's there's U20 guys that are going to be on the team. Uh, obviously, you have guys like John Brooks, DeAndre Yedlin. You have Luis Skill, Jose Villarreal. I mean, there's I mean Will Trap. I mean, let's not forget about Will Trap. I mean, he's a guy who's been uh, the forgotten man since he's been out with the concussion issues. But once he gets back. I think he's going to have a huge role on this Olympic qualifying team. So from that standpoint, uh, you know, I I wouldn't look at this team and say, oh, man, there's real issues here because the way of this team. Look, no, I mean, I think they'll be okay once they get all the pieces. What I'm excited to see is how the U-20 guys, the top U-20s, uh, incorporate themselves into this group and who among them uh, proves to be ready. Because, I mean, look, Rubio Rubin, he's good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emerson Hyman is good enough. Uh Zell Lim he, he's, he's skilled as heck, but he's young and he he's still like physically. I mean, is he for the U twenty three level? Is he ready? Uh this remains he's, to be seen. He's, but... he's ready. It's different, man. We'll see. I mean it's it's different, man. U twenties to U twenty threes I know it is. I it's know it a different is different So we'll see. We'll see. But uh you know what? If if there if you wanna be worried about anything on the U twenty threes, it's still defensively. Uh and it'll help that look, John Brooks will be there. Uh, maybe a DeSavio Payne uh, from the twenties can 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 work can play up, um, but for me the the defense is still a bit of a question. And in this week's edition of
0: this in FIFA news, uh, right after we recorded this show earlier this week, um, FIFA president Sepp Blatter resigned shockingly, um, just completely out of nowhere after he was reelected. Um. Very quiet. Very, very quick speech. Then he let out a door. There was like no one in the press room. Ivis. It just the way it went down was just so, just so bizarre and just adds even just so many more elements to it. You have to assume that maybe someone sat him down and said, "Look, if you continue, this is what's going to happen to you." And hey, look, set better's out, which everyone rejoiced as soon as he resigned.
1: Right. I mean, I I don't know if anyone saw it coming this soon. I mean, it's funny. The last time we were on last the last episode of the show. We uh, you know, we, we, we talked about it, and I said, you know, if he's still president a, a year from now, something's wrong. But I didn't, I still didn't see it happening like a day later. Uh, that was pretty crazy. But uh, no, it's great. It's a great sign. It's a great first step for FIFA. Uh, you know, to get rid of the leader of, of the corrupt organization. Now, uh, what you really want to see is is will he really leave? Will he, or is he going to be pulling the strings behind the scenes? There's already talk about him getting his supporters to back a specific candidate, I believe it's a candidate from Qatar, uh, to, to replace him. Oh, my and, gosh. And, 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 yeah, well, that's <laughs> the thing. Now, if he can handpick, if he essentially gets to handpick his successor, then what have you really done? I mean, until he's in jail, he still can pull strings, and and that's just not good. So uh, it's a positive first step, but i tell you what, until he is indicted, until he's arrested, until he's in jail, until he is convicted... Uh, I don't think we'll feel completely completely confident that FIFA's ready to start turning things around.
0: But, but do you think that he, he cut a deal with someone, though? Where I mean, someone had to say that, look, this is what's going to happen to you if you continue to do it. You can step down, but you nah, cannot have any involvement, though.
1: I don't think that's what happened. I think he, I think he just has a sense of how much dirt is out there. I think he feels the walls closing in, and he has to make the right move now. To, to salvage uh, some control, some influence uh, within FIFA. Because if he waits too long, then he'll get completely burned and he'll have no leverage to pass along his juice to a, a chosen candidate. So, see, if he, if he if he leaves now, he can, you know, he can handpick a successor. He can still have some influence within FIFA until he's in jail. And, we, I mean, again, we don't know for a fact he will be uh, convicted and he'll end up in jail. I mean, you know. It seems, like it, it seems like there's enough out there that it'll happen. But uh, until that does happen, it's hard to say how much FIFA will change in the immediate future. We,
0: we talk about things that are out there. Also, writing on Sepp Blatter, uh, announcing that he was stepping down as president. Chuck Blazer's testimony was leaked. And in there... Um, he said that FIFA executives took bribes for the 1998 uh, World Cup and 2010 World Cup um, in South Africa. I mean, nothing too surprising, but I think we'll continue to see this from Chuck Blazer. More information leaking out that will make everything a little bit more concrete going forward.
1: Right. I mean, it's it's all starting to come out. And between Blazer's testimony and and whatever the heck John... Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Jack Warner. Whatever go. Jack Warner is sitting on, I mean, he obviously is someone who... Who has dirt that he has been waiting to unveil. So until we know everything, uh, it's hard to say just how bloody it's all gonna get. And speaking of
0: Jack Warner, he, he then all then w- went out and rented uh airspace time on, on Haitian TV to talk about the allegations. I mean, dude, Jack Warner's been fantastic so far. He's like providing like news almost every single day.
1: He really is like a real life Clay Davis of The Wire. For anyone who followed The Wire, I mean, he is he is Clay Davis to a T. He's the Caribbean Clay Davis uh and i'm telling you man he is not gonna go out he's not gonna go without a fight i think when it all when it's all said and done when they finally come for him with the handcuffs to put him in jail permanently he's gonna get away man he's gonna slip away he's gonna be on a yacht somewhere and, and live his days on the ocean somewhere
0: all right and moving away from all the negativity that it is fifa let's move on to some positive news some exciting news there are rumors ivis that Pirlo may come to Major League Soccer, more specifically to NYCFC. Is this an actual legit rumor? I mean, could we see the Italian legend in Major League Soccer? Uh,
1: Could we possibly? Is it a done deal? No. Um, I know there was the the reports out of Spain that saying it was a done deal. He had signed a contract with um, NYCFC. My sources tell me that that's not the case, and uh, it's, uh, it's just more silly season um you know speculation uh the sense I get if you're asking me I think I think Pirlo wants to come to America I think if Juventus were to win the Champions League I think he'd want to leave Europe on that high note and then try America and come to America I think he he likes it in America and then who wouldn't want to play in New York right I mean and live in New York City so uh I'm sure if he could pick where he wants to go he would go there but uh the sense I get is that is that's not in necessarily in the cards. Is it completely ruled out? No, but um, you know, listening to Jason Christ after the whole Xavi thing went down, he made it clear that you know they they already have two older DPS in, in Lampard and Villa, and they have a pretty loaded midfield. Um, when you think about Lampard's on his way. Uh, they already had uh, Disgarrud, uh, And Look, uh, Pirlo is Pirlo. Obviously, he's a legend. Yeah, but, you're going to take you him know, if you can. A, <laughs> no, but but no, yeah. But at the same time, you have to have balance in your team. And uh, you know, if, if you're asking me, they need a defender more. They need another striker, and like a top striker to pair with Via. I think that'd be a, a a bit more of a suitable thing. Um, now, having said that, like my so what I what I was thinking was, and I'm not sure if if you would even be up for it, but if Pirlo were willing to come to MLS and play for uh, a a small contract, not a DP contract, but a small contract to live in New York and to play in New York and to be in New York, then it would be worth it. Then if you're in YCFC, you do it. And, uh, you know, if if it means that much to them to come here and play in New York, uh, it reminds me of Yuri Jorkayev, uh, the the French World Cup winner who came and played for the the Red Bulls. It was the Metro Stars, uh, and then they turned into the Red Bulls. Um, He came here and he played for peanuts, for peanuts by his standards, you know and uh, and he was great for that first year that he played in 2005 he was excellent and uh and he and he still i think York Ive actually still lives in New York so if you're Pirlo you really want to come here then you take a pay cut then then don't look for the millions i mean he's an older player he's made his money let's face it we know Pirlo does not need the money so uh, under those circumstances i could see him coming but uh, you know do i see an, another team other than New York uh, another, other than NYCFC putting up millions to sign him, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I hope he comes to MLS. I think he's great, amazing, he's charismatic. He can still play, it's, obviously. But uh, I'm just not sure it's going to happen.
0: It's exciting if he comes. You know, He's a name that I think could you know, he can c- continue to get people to come out to games. And, and I know some people say, well, we don't need people to come out to games. No, we do. Major League Soccer is still continuing to grow. And a guy like him, I, it, it's, it, it would be exciting if he came over. I mean, for me, he's more exciting than someone like
1: Frank Lampard. Um, it's different. I mean, I think, I mean, uh, Lampard's more marketable because he speaks English. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how good Pirlo's English is, uh, you know, and, and obviously the Premier League is, is more beloved in America than, than, than Serie A. So, so Lampard is a bigger draw, uh, in, in America than, than Pirlo is. That being said, Pirlo is a legend. Pirlo is amazing. Mm-hmm. He can still play. Um, it's just, where does he fit in and is he willing to play anywhere? I mean, it's one thing to want to play in New York, want to play in LA, but would he play in Montreal? Would he play in, uh, you know, someplace uh, in Chicago? Um, so th- that, that's a question. So I'm curious to see if that happens. I hope he comes here uh, because he'd be. I think he'd be great here. But as of right now, there's no deal done as far as that. Well, at least not with New York as far as I know um, from what I've been told. So, so we'll see what happens.
0: I think the question is where does he fit in best with his beard? I think that's the most important thing. I mean, does his beard work in New York? I have not know. I don't know. Absolutely,
1: I don't absolutely. Know. He'd be the, He would be. They they would plash The guy's a model, right? I mean, he's just so. He's so chill. Like his just his whole look. <laughs> I know. Is so he has swag on a million. I'm like, you just put him on billboards in New York, it'd be amazing. Um, but again, if you're you know if you're NYCFC, you have other issues. Um, uh, I hope it, you know what I hope it happens. I hope I hope it happens as a third DP. Uh I I'm not gonna say it, it's impossible, but that that you know, I I gotta think NYCFC has their, their sights set on other things.
0: Uh right, well we did have some MLS action this past week. I'm sorry, during the week should have said uh Philadelphia Union all over Columbus' crew, defeating them 3-0. to zero. Christian Maidana had a wonderful game for them. C.J. Zapong also scored in this one. And uh, Philadelphia, I mean, they they put it together, Ibis for a huge victory. Good for them to see. And for them, it's consistency. Hopefully they can build upon this moving forward.
1: No, it's a big win. You know, the union are turning things around. Uh, they've won three out of four now. And it's crazy to think they had one win in like two and a half months, and now they've won three. Uh, three matches in three and a half weeks. Uh, credit to Jim Curtin; they've done they've done really well. Uh, and uh, you know it, it's it's a credit to them with the injuries that they've had, and then the way things. Uh, I mean, with the whole Rise and Bowley thing, and and the crazy part about it is, I mean, I look going into the season, obviously I was high on them. I was higher on the Union most. Um, but it's crazy when you think about the points that they lost early in the year that that Rise and Bowley cost them, and if they had those points right now, they'd be even higher up in the standings. The um they have played a lot of games so other teams have games in hand on them so it's uh you know it, it's still going to be a tough road for them but they're looking good right now their defense has been playing really well Richie Marquez uh, who was one of those kind of combine revelations uh, a couple years back he's done well in the lineup Brian Silvestri the goalkeeper is, is kind of been just a great find for them uh it's all coming together pretty well for them C J Sapong he's responded uh, from his whole issue. You know, he, he, he obviously got suspended for, for the whole DUI thing and had to go into treatment and he's come back and he scored two goals and he's looking good. So things are going well for Philly and they're getting healthy. They're getting guys back. Um, you know, they had quite a few guys that were injured. So, uh, the bowl is rolling for them as far as Columbus goes, man. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. They, 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 haven't been getting the results, but they've also had issues. Will Trapp's been out for an extended period of time. Um, they, they obviously didn't play on Wednesday. They didn't start Kai Kamara, uh tony chani was in the lineup you you have um ethan finley playing with a broken toe you don't know how that affects them and then obviously the big one michael parkhurst who is such an he's he's an it's funny that you can call him an underrated player but he it's underrated just what he means to them not only defensively but also in the in the structure of their possession game uh because he's just so good building out of the back and and you know he was obviously on a red card so they were missing a lot of guys but still man that's it for all that for all the guys they were missing I still don't know if there's a, if that's an excuse for how bad they looked on Wednesday. Uh,
0: DC United defeated Chicago Fire three to one. DC's, I'm sorry, real quickly back to Philadelphia. Just want to back up what you said right there. Uh, uh, they have 15 points through 15 matches. That's the most game most games played right now of the season is 15 matches. Where uh, in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia has played that and DC United. Now transition, they defeated uh, Chicago three to one. DC seven point lead in the Eastern Conference. I have everything just continues to go well for them.
1: Yeah, man. They find ways to win over and over. And it was funny when they when they they, when they went down in that game, you're like, oh, is this, you know, they're going to lose? And then they turn it around and then they and they open up a can uh, on the fire. Uh, They're they're just rolling, man. Even with guys out of the lineup, they they obviously sat a few guys. Bill Hamid was out uh, and a couple of others and, and they still deliver. They still get their points. Uh, credit to Ben Olsen. And if you're the fire, I mean, they, they just laid an egg, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else you put it. Uh, it's, it, it's just a roller coaster season for them. You know, they, they, uh, you know, they start off terribly. Then they went on a nice run. Now they're back down to earth. Uh, they're a hard to win the figure, man. But luckily for them, they're in the East, and they can kind of stay in range till the end of the year, and we'll see what happens, if they can turn it on at the right time. But right now, it's kind of on another downward slope for them.
0: Uh, Montreal Impact bounced back after the loss last week. It defeated Vancouver Whitecaps. Montreal, Ivis, three wins out of the last four matches.
1: Impact, man. Everyone wanted to write them off, you know? And uh, again, another team that I said, look, you know, a- after the Champions League final... Uh, people wanted to kind of crap on them, and it was like, look, they played five games to that point. They they're, they they obviously were focused on the Champions League. Now that they've been able since then to focus on league play, we've seen a lot more quality from them, and uh, they're right in it. And in, uh, in the Eastern Conference, it's anyone's game, and they can you know if they can keep this rolling, they can definitely be a playoff team in the East. And credit to Klopas, he's starting to he's starting to get them to to believe and get and get them to kind of hit their stride and and carry over, maybe carry some of that confidence over from, from the Champions League into league play. And in uh, this win, I mean, it, it, this was an even bigger one for them because the way that things have gone for them in the past, you know, they gave up the late goal uh, against Vancouver. And at that point, you're thinking, oh, this is a gut punch. This is same old impact. But guess what? They come right back. They get the winner. That's the kind of thing you can build a season on and you can build momentum on because it shows you and it shows the players that things are starting to seriously turn around. And uh, it's great to see. And leading into this weekend, we have MLS Week
0: 14. Sporting Kansas City will be playing host to the Seattle Sounders on Saturday. These two teams met a few weeks ago. They played to a 0-0 draw. Heading into this one, Kansas City is going to be without Dom Dwyer. I believe Seth is going to be out with an injury. But at this point, I mean, Sporting Kansas he has been fired. They've been scoring a lot of goals, and they, you know, at home, do you think they'll be able to overcome the loss of Dom Dwyer, who's been looking pretty good for them the last couple
1: of weeks? No, I mean, look, Chris Namath has uh, been killing it for them. Uh, he just was named Player of the Month uh, in in May by MLS not that i agree with that not that sbi agreed with that we actually uh selected sebastian jovinko as our sbi's player of the month but having said that uh, nemeth has been excellent for them and uh he's he's held the line well uh so without dwyer i mean i think they've done well i'd, I'd like to see what vermis is going to do once he has both of them and once they both uh, are in the lineup can he play them together actually i talked to dom dwyer about that uh on sat was it saturday whatever the u.s women's game was we had a good chat and uh uh, Dwyer wants to try to convince Vermees to play them together and have them turn into kind of a Dempsey, Obafemi Martins tandem, and uh, I think that'd be great to see. I don't know if Vermees is ready to change his system. He, he's a you know he's a, he's a big believer in his 4-3-3. but we'll see. But look, KC still even without Dwyer, I think they have enough weapons. I think their midfield is good enough to 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 you know to, to match up well with with a Seattle team that's looked really strong and they've looked the class of the league. But right now, this is a great matchup for me. This is; These are the top two teams in the league right now. And uh, I'm kind of going to give the edge to KC. DC will
0: be playing host to Toronto FC. Great opportunity for Toronto. Granted, they are on the road, but still a huge opportunity for them to take points away from DC. Who will be playing the third match uh, in eight days? Um, Toronto see, obviously, without Michael Bradley. But, I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, Sebastian Vico has just been on fire for them. You know, they need him to continue to play well this weekend.
1: Uh this is gonna be a tough one for Toronto. I mean, even though Javinko obviously's been doing well, they've been, and, and they've started to turn things around. I think having uh not having Michael Bradley is gonna be a tough one for them. I I think that they're gonna miss him. Uh they're unbeaten in three. Uh they've won two in a row, but you know, against a DC team that did manage to rest a few guys. Uh I think it's gonna be a tough one, especially at home. DC's at home. Toronto without Altador, without Bradley. I think that's going to be a lot to ask. I think D.C. will win a close one. I think it'll be like a 1-0 uh, D.C.'s defense. And Bill Hamid, if he's back in the lineup, that that's gonna it's going to be tough. Uh, Portland Timbers will be playing host to the New England Revolution
0: uh, on Saturday night. Uh, for Portland Ivis they've looked pretty good over the last couple of weeks. New England floundering a little bit. They're still picking up points coming off that draw against the L.A. Galaxy, too. Also, New England Revolution, think about this, Ivis. Their last win was on May 2nd, almost a month ago. They had a lot of games in May. Um, no one to get Agudelo for them this week. The leading goal scorer. Portland at home, do they take care of business? Uh,
1: no. I think I'm, I, I got to go with Portland in this one. Like you said, the have, uh they've had a little bit of a run now with, without a win. And now, you know, Jermaine Jones is hurt. Yes, That's a big blow. That's a big blow for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jermaine Jones being hurt. Agudello, uh with the call up. Uh, that it, it's in a tough spot, especially against a Portland team that is starting to build up a little confidence now. The two win week was a big, big boost for them. Uh, you know, they've moved their, they've moved back into, they've moved into a playoff spot, uh, into playoff positioning, uh, and now that you know, obviously Will Johnson's back. Uh, I'm not sure about Valeri's status for this game, but you know what, I, I'm going to have to go with Portland in this one. Uh, I, I just think you know, it, it's always tough for the teams that travel across the country. Uh, to win on the road uh, i'm gonna go with portland as much as portland's had their issues at home also i just think they're that that win in in colorado was is gonna i think it's gonna just be a big confidence booster for them i give them the win
0: uh, la galaxy will be looking uh to get a little revenge back from uh vancouver whitecaps who defeated them earlier this season two to zero um heading into this match i i mean every player on the galaxy i think is injured at this point the only guy that's healthy is probably bruce arena
1: uh, they're all right. They got guys left. I mean, who, who, who? I mean, is their defense healthy? No,
0: I'm, I'm being facetious. I mean, the their, their, their no, injury they, well, report is is very long and extensive. Got, but that's what I'm yeah, saying. I'm, that's I'm being fine,
1: facetious. but they have depth and they have new guys stepping up. Guys like Ignacio Maganto was the rookie, you know, SBI rookie of the week the past week. He was excellent for them. Uh, they just plug guys in, and I, I'm not. And Robbie Keane, not having Robbie Keane is going to be a big, big loss for them. Obviously, he's away on international duty uh Zardis is away in international duty uh so those are big those are big losses for them but like you know i've said it over so many times bruce arena finds a way even when he's shorthanded to get results but you know what this one might be a little tough against the vancouver team that will have their weapons they will have morales they will have Octavio rivero um so so mm, uh, you know originally i was going with la but uh it is a lot of pieces that they're missing um I'll go with the draw in this one. I, I, I'll go with the draw only because I still think I, I still think LA will have will get a result. I think the Bruce Serena will find a way to get them a result, but I think Vancouver could definitely get a win on the road. Uh, Real Salt Lake is at home taking on the Colorado Rapids. Real Salt Lake,
0: obviously, without Nick Armando, no Kyle Beckerman, no Jordan Allen, they're struggling right now. Colorado's struggling. I mean, this this could be a pretty ugly game on Sunday.
1: Hey, it's the rivalry, man. It's the Rocky Mountain, whatever they call it, Rocky <laughs> Mountain it. Cup. Come on, yes, I, know. No, I know. I was kidding. Uh, no, it, it, Colorado, man. They're an interesting one because they, they 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 can look atrocious, and they've looked atrocious on a couple of occasions. But then you'll see flashes, and then you you know, obviously they had that win against Vancouver where they they really look good. Their new pieces stepped in and looked pretty good. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know who to call on this one. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, you know what? I'll go. Ro- I'll go RSL. Even missing the guys they're missing, even missing uh, Ramondo Beckerman, Jordan Allen, uh, I think I think they find a way. I just I'm not convinced. Colorado, I'm just not convinced by.
0: And after coming off a big victory on Wednesday, the Philadelphia Union will be taking on NYCFC, who are continue to struggle. And for Philadelphia, guess. I mean, huge opportunity for them. Think about this: if they beat NYCFC this weekend, their fourth win in five
1: matches. Uh, no, big win for for them, and they really are rolling. And uh, you know, there was a, obviously a point when you thought this season was going to go down the drain. Credit to Jim Curtin; he's really helped turn things around there. Obviously, the big win against uh, Columbus at midweek just keeps the ball rolling for them. And now they play a NYCFC team that's obviously uh, in a world of hurt right now. They can't buy a win, and uh, now NYC has to go on a road against a confident Philly team that all of a sudden is playing with a, a swagger that just wasn't there as, as recently as a month ago so uh you gotta like philly's chances to to hold serve at home and 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 handle the, and and get the victory uh nyc just not playing with confidence they need they need to add some players obviously lampard's coming on uh, from what i'm hearing oguchi onyewu has looked good in, in training for them uh the impression i get is that they'll, that he probably will sign uh it's not done yet as far as i know but uh, i think he has impressed them but for right now nycfc uh, looks like they're on their way to another loss.
0: New York Red Bulls on the road taking on the Houston Dynamo. Red Bulls have lost their uh, last two matches in MLS play on the road. Ivis. So they bounce back and pick up a victory here?
1: Uh, I tell you what, man, Red Bulls they haven't won, they haven't won in a while. They, they they've been on a bit of a drought. Uh, and Houston is a team that uh, you know they 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 they, they they've scum, people are kind of sleeping on them. I mean they they've obviously had their games where they haven't been that impressive. But uh, I think in this particular matchup, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Houston. I think uh, the Red Bulls and their attack have been really – they've struggled really to generate chances. And I think this Houston team will cause enough problems defensively that, that it won't be easy for them. And I think they'll they'll find some chances. So I'm going to go Dynamo.
0: Montreal Impact taking on the Columbus crew. And for Columbus, Ivis, they're they're coming off that loss this week to the Philadelphia Union. Their last win was against the Seattle Sounders on May 9th. Columbus needs to win in the worst way possible. Not going to be an easy task against Montreal, who's won three out of four.
1: Uh, Right. I think it'll depend on how many. uh, Well, they'll they'll get Michael Parker's back, and I I think Kamara will be back in the lineup. Um, I think they'll win. I think they'll win at home. You know, as much as Montreal is starting to pick up a little steam, I still think it's going to be tough for them to go on the road. Uh, I think Columbus gets a little confidence being at home. I'm going to go with Columbus to bounce back.
0: Uh, Chicago Fire, Orlando City in this one. Two teams at the bottom in the uh, in the Eastern Conference most likely can be competing for that final spot uh, in the playoff race. I mean, when you look at this match, Ivis. Uh, I mean, look, Chicago Fire is reeling over the last couple of weeks. Orlando City's still up and down. I mean, a matchup of two teams just inconsistency between both these sides
1: right i'm gonna go orlando I, I i just i think i feel like i've seen more out of them uh recently than i have out of chicago uh as we said earlier Chicago's a streaky team i'm gonna go orlando i think orlando city even though it'll be a road game for them i think they're gonna get the w uh in the
0: final match of the weekend san jose earthquakes are taking on fc dallas and uh fc dallas man i just have they haven't won in their last three matches San Jose, I mean, look, they they may not win a lot of games, but they're going to be annoying. So this is not going to be easy task for Dallas uh, to be looking to get their first victory since May 9th.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, San Jose is a tough team. Uh, they make things tough on you. And Dallas is is, is reeling a bit. Uh, that being said, you know, I think I'm going to go with Dallas. And so I think they're going to rebound, even though, look, San Jose is at home. It's hard to bet against them. Because um, this year they have really exceeded expectations. But I, I don't know, man. I, th- I feel like FC Dallas is due to... Uh, turn things around and stop the bleeding a bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up to Dallas.
0: And before we get into a little bit of international soccer, we'd like to remind everyone once again that you can get a 10% off your online purchase at SoccerLoco.com. Uh, remember, that's 10% off. All you had to do is enter... The coupon code SBI10 at soccerloco.com for 10% off. You can get all your merchandise gear. You can get all your gear there. They have Nike, Adidas, Puma, Under Armour, You need new cleats. You need Ivis, like I said, for you, a woman's national team jersey. That neon green one will look pretty good. Soccerloco.com is a place where you can get all of your soccer gear. It's a great place. Check it out. Remember, 10% off if you enter SBI10 at soccerloco.com. And on Saturday, we have the Champions League final. Barcelona taking on Juventus. Uh, I I really don't care who wins this match. I just want to see an outstanding play between both sides. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be played in Germany. When you're looking at this match on Saturday, who do you have and what are you going to be looking forward to?
1: Uh, Well, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Obviously played in Berlin, uh, the Olympic Stadium there, where the 2006 World Cup final was. The famous uh, Zidane Mazzarotti headbutt uh that's a it's a great venue uh but this game man, it, it, the funny thing about it so my son my youngest son is a big barcelona fan and uh he is pumped up for this game let me tell you so so he had, the other day, yesterday he asked me he's like he's like when when is when is the game again when barcelona plays that team that's going to lose to barcelona <laughs> so, so he is convinced that barcelona's going to win as i think most people are uh but look man juventus had Ju- juventus i'm picking I'm pick- like everyone else or outside of italy i'm picking barcelona to win But Juventus has a better chance than I think some people realize. Although it's going to be tough now. Giorgio Chiellini is out for them, one of their best, arguably their best defender. Uh, That's a big blow for them. But I I think they have a chance, man. I think I think they have enough quality there with Buffon in goal. Um, Obviously Pirlo, Pogba, Tevez is playing well. They 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 they've got quality all over the field. I mean, you don't get to the final, Champions League final without quality. But Barcelona, their attack, man, their, their attack is unstoppable right now. Messi is playing out of his mind. The Messi, the Messi, Neymar, Suarez trio is just they're just just clicking on all cylinders. And I just think Juventus, especially with Chiellini, even they won't be able to stop it. So I, I see Juventus winning. I mean, I'm sorry, I see I see Barcelona. Winning. There you go. There you go. <laughs> It's too early. It's 5 five a.m., so I'm, I'm losing my mind right now.
0: It is early. It is early. Uh, and some other news that, that, you know, keeping it in Spain, theme with Barcelona, uh, Real Madrid has gone out and hired Rafael Benitez. What do you make of this move? Is he just going to be the latest scapegoat for them?
1: Rafa Benitez. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually have always kind of rated him as a manager, but this is a little weird, right? I mean, I think his, he just the, his team in Italy just finished, like, fifth in Italy, and now he's supposed to take over Real Madrid. I I, I found this one a little odd. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily an upgrade from Carlo Ancelotti. I really don't. I don't really don't think he is an upgrade. So, uh, that being said, I think he's a decent enough manager. I'm curious to see how much freedom he'll have to really overhaul the team. You're hearing all types of crap about oh he's going to build a team around around Gareth Bale and are they going to sell Ronaldo? You hear all the kind of nonsense that goes on, but I, I don't I don't know if he's going to be the guy that helps them catch Barcelona. I really don't see it. And in NASL news, the New York
0: Cosmos went down to Cuba and they played against the Cuban national team, which is, uh, I mean, I was. this is a pretty big moment, you know, to have an American sports team go down to Cuba and to actually play the Cuban national team. I mean, pretty cool one. And, and also, I mean, for the Cosmos, I mean, it must have been an outstanding trip to go down to Cuba.
1: Right. No, I tell you what, I'm jealous, man. I wish I could have made it down there. But it it is a great. It was a great event, I think, on multiple fronts. Number one, uh, anything that helps U.S. Cuba relations, I think, I think is a good thing. It's kind of you know, uh, sports diplomacy uh, at work. But and I also think that it's great for the sport itself. It's great to see and hear about how the sport of soccer is growing in Cuba, which has long been a baseball and boxing country. Um, so it, it it was great. It, it was great. of The Cosmos. This is something that they've they've done throughout the the history of their of their club is travel the world and and kind of spread the game. Uh, see see Pe- to see Pele in Cuba and to see the Cosmos. See Raúl in Cuba. I mean, it's it's crazy that Raúl is a god in Cuba and that, that there's so many Real Madrid fans in Cuba that. Uh, it was it was just like a holiday for 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 so many Cubans there to see Raul in the flesh, and even Carmelo Anthony made an appearance. He was hanging out there as well. Uh, so it, it, it was great. It was a great oh, great overall uh, event, and uh, hopefully we see more of that uh, soccer teams heading down there from from everywhere in the world. Didn't the
0: Cosmos also go to like Hong Kong earlier this year too?
1: Yeah, they played in their preseason tournament. <sighs> they played down there. Man, dude,
0: they and weren't they in like they Dubai tra- last year too?
1: Man, they travel, man. They do they do it big, man.
0: It's oh, nice. Uh, also, in NASL, uh, Indy Eleven has fired their head coach uh, Jurgen Sommer, and uh, Indy Eleven is bottom of the table right now in the NASL. Same thing last year when they're they're in the in the um, in the summer season, they were also struggled. They picked it up in the fall, just hasn't really been able to capture that excitement um, around Indy Eleven. I mean, what did, what did you make of this move with uh, Indy Eleven parting ways with with uh, with Sommer?
1: Well, it's tough, you know, because the results just haven't been there, but then you feel like the excitement has been there for the team. I think they've done well. Obviously, ticket sales have done well, but just listening to Jurgen Summers' comments um, after he was fired, he he made it seem like uh, the professionalism around the entire organization needs to be stepped up, and, and it can't just be all about marketing and bells and whistles, and, and now SBI had a had a lengthy interview with Peter Wilt, who who runs India Eleven, and obviously he he kind of you know laid it out there, and, and and it wasn't an easy decision for them, obviously. Um, but something needs to change. Something needs to change there because they're they're going to miss out on on what has been a great start to that organization from a standpoint of fan support. But fans are only going to support for so long. At a certain point, you got to start winning games and. I gotta say, I've I've been a little surprised that they've that they haven't gotten better results just based on the players that I've seen them acquire and looking at the roster that they have, I feel like they they should at least be a mid table team in them in NASL just with the talent that they have on that roster. So hey, we'll see what Tim Ream does. Uh, funny enough, I mean I've known Tim Ream since since he was a rookie in MLS. Uh, I covered him during his years uh, with, the, with the Metro Stars. Uh, Tim's a great guy, uh, real cerebral guy. I mean he 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 learned at the foot of Bob Bradley. He is part of that coaching tree, and and, and hopefully he can he can write the ship there. Him and him and Cleberson, the, the World Cup winning Brazilian, who's going to be serving as a player assistant now. So we'll see if they can turn it around. They have. To, I feel like they have the talent to do it.
0: All right. Well, that Ives, it ends the SBI show. Uh, anything else we need to talk about before I let you go for what will be a very busy weekend with the U.S. on Friday, the U.S. Women on Monday. There's tons of things still going on.
1: No, that's it man. We yeah, I mean we have yeah, we have um, we're going to have a, yeah, our next show is going to be stacked. We're going to have we're going to be talking US Netherlands, we're going to be talking Champions League, we're going to be talking about the US women, they start on Monday. We'll do a preview on the next episode. Hopefully we'll drop it Monday morning. We'll be talking about the US women uh and, and then obviously the U23s, they play this weekend uh in in the Toulon tournament consolation game. The U20s will be getting Actually the U20s are a week away now from playing in the round of 16. Uh, so we'll have some time to, to kind of digest the, uh, uh, what happened with them. But, uh, yeah, if you're an American soccer fan, you've got to be loving this time of year because there's so much to watch and so much to talk about. Yeah,
0: it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm going to be in front of the TV the whole entire
1: time. So not doing anything,
0: no yard work, n- none of that stuff.
1: <laughs> no tending your garden? No. <laughs> no, no. No feeding your cats? No. There's only one cat taking that. <laughs> Come on, man. You're, getting, you're an old man. you got to have like three and a half
0: cats. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, was Well, with that, man, uh, I'm going to let you go. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you, and we'll have a jam-packed show on Monday morning.
1: Yes, sir. And as
0: always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the views. Thank you for the comments. That is Avis Gloricep. I am Garrett Cleverly, This is The SBI
1: Show.